Okay, this is part two of a three-part series with Kenny Embry. It was in a conference by the Excellence in Leadership Institute, of which I'm a part, and Kenny and I were dialoguing about communication and leadership, and you don't want to miss this. It's awesome. You are listening to The Leadersmith, Darren Gertis. Yeah, but a certain time, you got to you gotta get beyond the theoretical and just do the thing. Bingo. Right? Whatever it is yeah. that you fear, you just have to get it and do that thing. The problem with my profession is we were probably too much ready, aim, 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 fire. And I think one of the things that I have appreciated about entrepreneurs are, are they are ready, fire, aim. And, you know, Darren and I both have a podcast. I have a faith-based podcast. Darren has a leadership podcast. By the way, it's a great podcast. Um, we have two different approaches, two different approaches to, to podcasting. Um, but the thing about it is, is both Darren and I basically have the same uh, same uh, uh, strategy, which is, you know what? Let's just go ahead and do an episode on that and let's see how it works. Yeah. If, if it doesn't work, guess what I, I don't do next time? Uh, one of the guys I interviewed oh, two or three weeks ago, his name's Phil Robertson. Yeah, he's very well-spoken, but, but he was talking about Christian parenting. And I was like, oh my goodness, do I, do I need to do another show on Christian parenting? Tripled the number of downloads I've had on wow. in any of my other episodes. And, and apparently, yeah, people are interested in Christian parenting. Who knew? I didn't yeah. until I tried it. So I, I would say what, one of the things that, that, that is really important is when you start thinking about communication and relationships, the important part that that engineer starts need to figuring out is what kind of relationships do you have? Mm -hmm. How much communication do you need to give and how do you need to give that communication? I think the problem that most people have with communication is in, in Christianity, we, we talk about how often should you read your Bible? And the answer is always more than you're, than you're doing it. <laughs> and, and and so there's a never-ending supply of guilt. Um, and, and I think one of the things that happens to all of us is we know communication is really important. How? Well, we've been told communication is really important mm -hmm. by every job description, by every manager we've ever had. Mm -hmm. and, and, and heaven help us, we have been told that we need to over-communicate. Mm -hmm. But my problem is where I work, on the average day, I will get about 80 emails from my bosses and my bosses of bosses and the bosses of those. You tell me what I would be doing if I just read email all day long. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact of the matter is the university is over communicating with me. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I push back on that all the time. Yeah. If, if communication is primarily relational, you need to start asking different questions. What works? Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, I, I see the parallels to leadership. Like, I, and we, we just talked about this. The suffix SHIP means relationship, right? Yeah. Leadership, yeah. leader follower. Citizenship, state and citizen. Friendship, friend and friend, right? Yeah. So, yeah, communication should also be in a relationship. And if you think in, that, in those terms, I'll, I think a lot just changed in our, in our mindset, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. tell me about what is effective communication. Why, like, other than relationship, what else are, what else does effective communication look like? What are the advantages of effective communication? Well, when if you're talking uh, effective communication or affective communication, effective. Okay, 
the, the thing about with effective communication is you need to communicate as much as needs to be done and no more. Um, the fact of the matter is my, my wife and I basically have an afternoon conversation. Why? Because we need an afternoon conversation. In the grand scheme of things, no. It's not like, I mean, we, we run out of topics of conversation after about five minutes. But you know why we communicate? Uh, you're going to tell me. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, that's a way of me saying, I, not having to admit that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reason I talk to my wife every day, because she's important. She is taking priority. She's taking priority in who I'm talking to. And she knows at five o'clock we're talking. That's what's happening. Yep. And th that is, there's an expectation. And by the way, if I miss it, I mean, we, we occasionally have to, but if I miss it or she misses it, there needs to be a pretty darn good explanation. Why? Yeah. Because there, there's that expectation. And what are the topics of that conversation? And when you start looking at effective communication, what most of us never do is start setting up expectations about when you can and should hear about something. Hmm. And I think it's, it's that if, you've, if, if you're married, here's the conversation you didn't have, uh, which was who's taking out the trash. Nobody has that conversation before they get married. And, and the amazing thing is we, my wife and I didn't either. And, and I remember we were married for a couple of weeks and she said, when are you going to take out that trash? And I was, I was like, well, I mean, I, I thought you were taking out the trash. <laughs> um, no, it, that's your job. Really? Since when? That's and what have, <laughs> that's what you have sons for. <laughs> well, we didn't have sons. <laughs> but I mean, since when is it my job? Well, here it is. We're going to have to define that. We're going to have to define what the, a realistic expectation is. And apparently the way we defined it was, was basically a holdover from my parents' relationships with me mm -hmm. and her parents' relationship with her. And, she, and basically what we ended up with was anything that's outside the house is my responsibility. Anything that's inside of the house is hers. Is that fair? I don't care. Um, I don't care if it's fair. It works. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, if I want to fight that fight, I can fight that fight. Yeah. And if it's worth fighting that fight, I'll fight it. But what am I looking for? Am who's I looking charge, for... Who's huh? in charge of the dog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. Just like, give me just one second. Hey, no, no worries. Vamp for me sir, for a second. You know, one of the beauties of uh, COVID has been that we are all, all okay with this. Like, my kids are screaming in the next room. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can hear it, and I find it disconcerting. But it doesn't affect anybody. Like we're all we're all home. I mean, we we know that. So one of the beauties of COVID is that it's allowed us all to chill, right? <laughs> so uh, yes, I'll go ahead and tell you that, that. Well, I mean, we are so excited today. Um, the the repairman is coming to fix fix the ice maker. We have been without ice for four days. And, and you and live in are, Florida. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> this has been. And, and yeah. my, 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 my 12-year-old son, is, it came at 13. He just turned 13. Uh, my 13-year-old son, he was like, when do we get ice? When do we get ice? What's Four days <laughs> without ice. I'm calling it a Geneva Convention. <laughs> okay, anyway, we got to get back to the story here. So yes, we're talking about effective communication. And so right. I want to I get you. Did you do you want to finish that point, or do you want me to ask the next question? We do buy ice, Barb. We have bought lots of ice. That's the problem. 
Now you got to get it in the, the, the ice maker. The thing, it's not creating the ice anymore, but it will do the little screw thing where, where it actually pull, pulls it up. And the ice, the ice cubes are a little bit too big to get through very well. So I mean, we, we have played this game. Okay, the, the fact of the matter is you need to start defining, and this is counterintuitive to all of us. You need to start, uh, you need to start articulating what rules you want. So, for example, in my classes, one of the things that I use a lot is, is I use Microsoft Teams. Why? And I, I, tell, I tell all my students, if you really need to go get a hold of me, talk to me through Microsoft Teams. And, and, and they're all like, well, yeah, but that's another tool. Bingo. Everybody and their brother knows my email address. Everybody. And practically nobody knows my, my Microsoft Teams address. I don't even know your Microsoft Teams address. And, <laughs> and we're a good reason for that. a paper <laughs> that we're presenting in two weeks. I know. How, how terrible know. is that? <laughs> but I said, you know, if you know that address, you're somebody I want to talk to. In other words, there's the channel. Well, Darren, I, I, I'm sorry <laughs> I had to learn this way. Um, <laughs> there's the channel. And, and, and I, have, I have set up the expectation. And I have also set up the channel. And the other thing that I, and I'm, I'm very clear about this. I, I have told the, I, I used to, I used to hoard my, my telephone and hide my telephone number from my students, you know, at, at great peril. You know, I, you, I would guard it with my life. I give it out like candy anymore. Yeah, they don't call you. They don't use the phone. Yeah. No, they don't it's use like the phone It's like they don't know all. how. They don't. Yeah. I, I, I get, yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any difference. The, the, the people that I give it to. And, and you know the the other thing that I would say, and this is to their to their uh, credit, they're respectful. Mm -hmm. My students are largely respect because they know this is a private piece of information that I do not want to be public, mm -hmm. and 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 they are they are respectful. And I tell them, look, the wife and I get up at four thirty in the morning and we go to bed at nine. Um, consider consider seven o'clock a time in the morning a time I'm still not coherent, but but and consider anything past five probably a time that I'm with my family and, and they, they have with, you know, I mean, on occasion they'll be like, I, and, and they're very apologetic. Dr. Embry, I know this is when you're with your family. Bingo. You got it. Good. Cause you set with, the stage, right? That's I mean, exactly. that's I set the you expectation. Know, when you were talking about expectations, like in family before, I know that in my experience, uh, when I roll back the clock and think about my, my life, my, myself and my wife, it was expectations that were half the issue of any yeah. issues that we had probably yeah. more than half the issue. Right. I mean, yeah. we just yeah. like, well, I thought you would do this. Well, I would, and where'd I come from, from our parents. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and that, that difference of expectation and, and is, is really the, the source of almost all your conflicts. And by the way, I mean, John Gottman is, is, is one of the foremost researchers on this. He, he came up with what, with what he came with, what he called, I think it's either the four or five horsemen of the apocalypse. He he was able to um, predict with over ninety five percent accuracy mm -hmm. which couples would get divorced. You, you have you read this research? Yeah, yeah, I talk about this in class too. Yeah, and 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 the thing about it is, is he he recognizes the value of conflict. That conflict is one of those things that gets a bad rap. Look, here's the thing: your 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 worst fight, your most vicious fight, is probably with the person you love the most. And, and you can, you can think about it, 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 it and, the, and there's not an answer to the fight that you're having. Mm -hmm. It's just a conflict that you have to, that you have to struggle with. Mm -hmm. And there is something that is the, the beauty of conflict 
is conflict better than anything else starts clarifying the values that you have. Yeah. And, and maybe those, by the way, maybe those values are crackpot values and maybe you need to start looking at your values again. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and anytime you're in a relationship, you, I mean, you have to start working on our values, not your values and my values. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not just individual at like, so I want to say two things about that. One, it's, you have to always get our, not yours and mine. Yes. And then it's magnified in an organizational context. Oh yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I completely agree with what you're saying there, Darren, because here's the thing that happens more in organizations than it does the family, although this occasionally happens as well. Once you start resorting to power and title, you lose. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a problem. You know, that, and you know, that intuitively at home, when you have to pull that, pull out the, I'm the dad card, you're probably not making an argument that, that you could support very well. At that point, you're done. You're just like, yeah, you know, just do it. Cause we went, we went round and round. I haven't been able yeah. to convince you. Right. And, and, and really, I, I got, I got to say one of the things that to a certain extent with children, you, because I said so, yeah, yeah. To a certain extent with children, remember that children don't have, I, I hate the culture around us that has aggrandized, that has aggrandized the judgment of children. I, I, I work with people who are 18 to 22 all day long. Let me tell you what they know. Not very much. Yeah. Have a brain um, at that point. They don't. And, no. and, and, and by the way, it's not because they're stupid. It's because they're ignorant. No, it's just a matter of life experience, right? Yeah. I mean, give it when, time. Exactly. I mean, the students that I love the most are the ones who are putting themselves through college because they know what things cost. Yeah. And they know that time needs to be invested in things that are worth doing. And the ones who have the college handed to them are the, are the ones who probably have the most unrealistic expectations. Yep. And I, I mean, that I, I understand that. But they feel like they are entitled to things that they're probably not entitled to. Yep. But the ones who had to work for it, the ones who, who, who are, who say, okay, doc, and, and by the way, they are also the most respectful people I have in my classroom. And, and, and they will say something yep. like, Dr. Embry, I, I understand five o'clock you're with your family. I can't tell you how much I appreciate those students. Um, when you look at children and when you have to pull out the dad card, Sometimes that's warranted. Mm -hmm. If you are in or, or if you're in an organization and you have to pull out because I'm the boss, because I'm the manager. Yeah. I've never because, seen anything good come from somebody say, well, because I'm the vice president. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And by the way, it, it doesn't have to be articulated. If it's just understood within the room, that's enough. You and, know, what, and, Eric, you know what Eric Schmidt calls that? Eric Schmidt from Google Alphabet? No. He calls that you now you're dealing with hippos, the highest paid person's opinion, and you no longer have a meritocracy. And that, and there's something really brilliant about that because if you shut down that communication, they're not going to bring you the stuff that you need. That's exactly right. That's so, exactly right. Unless and, and and by the way, I think I think one of the things in some organizations, efficiency really is more important than anything else. My son, my son is is a McDonald's employee, and by the way, very proud of him for what he's doing at, at McDonald's. But there, but McDonald's has been and he's making. Like, he's now thirty-five, right? So that's <laughs> he is. He is now uh, seventeen, soon to be eighteen <laughs> in July. Uh, 
very proud of that. But here's the thing that that, that Jake has learned out, learned, and and I'm very proud of him for this. There's a good way to make a hamburger, and there's a bad way to make a hamburger, mm-hmm. and there's a a really cool, a good way to to make a hamburger faster. And if you do this, this, and this, I mean, he he was talking to me the other the other day. He said, "Dad, I can't believe when people." Ha- you, did you know that when people have a little bit of time, they don't go back to the freezer to go get the hamburgers? And I was like, good for you. You just learned that. He's he going said, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. He said, He said it's so much easier if I go ahead and put the fry bags up and if I go ahead and get out the meat and if I, if I pull out some of the, some of the uh, uh, hamburger bun, buns from the freezer, they're ready for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's efficiency. Yeah. And that's something where, you know, McDonald's runs a tight ship and it should. And by the way, should they yell at kids that, that are say, that, that are just loafing? Yes, I do believe that's true. I think they should. I think they should. Okay, kids, you guys, you need to get on board. This is not very difficult. And, and the process is very simple. But once, if you're, if you're in a profession where you need to engage your brain, if you need to engage your creativity, Consider that inefficiencies are probably part of the solution, not part of the problem. Say that again. That's interesting. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're in a profession where thinking and trying to problem solve around creative solutions, mm-hmm. inefficiencies are probably gifts for you. Yeah. And I, I've said this when we're dealing with leadership. Like You have to have slack in the system because if you're humming at 99%, you know, complete uh, efficiency, you don't have the ability to shift if you need to shift. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, if you're in an agile system, you, you have to have that slack. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, my, my, my great uncle, Paul, he used to go to Sedona every year. And let me tell you how he found Sedona. He got lost. He got lost in, in, in New Mexico once and he figured out that the Sedona was beautiful. I, my uncle Paul, uh, owned a trucking company. And so, I mean, he was, he was, he, he knew all about, um, getting long haul stuff. And, and this was way before GPS or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Sedona became his annual retreat and, and he got there because he got lost. And thank goodness he got lost. I mean, th- the thing about it is, is we all have a good story about, boy, I remember there was this really tough problem that I was having. And I just had to think about it for a long time. And ultimately one of two things happened. The problem went away because it, it, it got solved because I didn't do anything. Or I came up with a solution that actually solved a lot of things for me. And it was not the first thing that I thought of. You know, I mean, the, the thing about, <laughs> I do, Darren and I both do an insane amount of paperwork. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Darren and I both do an insane amount of paperwork. And, and sometimes the paperwork that you, procrastination is not always a bad thing. Sometimes procrastination is a gift. Yeah. Because what it will do for you is I, I've learned that if they ask for it the second time, they probably really need it. Yeah. If they if I they give don't. It to the fourth. <laughs> they don't like that so much, but you know, at that point they earned it, I figure. Yeah, I mean, we've all been to the doctor's office where there's this one form that says your name, your address, and then you turn the page, your name and your address, and then you turn the page, your name and your address, and suddenly they've got your name and address seventeen or eighteen times. And you're just sitting, sitting here thinking, okay, why couldn't they get this off one form? Um, look, there's an inefficiency there. Um, I, someone, sometimes inefficiencies are just bad. Um, so anyway, I, 
Darren, I, I'm not even sure I'm answering your question. Yeah, anymore. no. So we're talking about effectiveness, and I like where you wandered in here in that into inefficiency is actually efficient because there's something to that. There's something true about this. Like again, I come from a different frame, but we're we speak the same language, yeah. right? When people come new into an organization, I say, like, don't try to be efficient. Go meet people. Go talk to them. Go spend time with them. That time yes. that you sit down just relaxing and getting to know them is going to pay huge dividends, far more than anything you could get by trying to be efficient right out of the gate. In, in my podcast, I talk a lot about what I call digital discipleship. Mm -hmm. Every every church basically, once COVID happened, they, they had to start streaming services, then there's something that you lose by not being in a room with people. And, and here, here's what you lose. You lose the conflict. Mm -hmm. uh, the, it is it is one type of Christianity to be watching some homily online, and it's a very different Christianity when, when your pew, when your seat is being occupied by people that don't belong there because that's your seat, and now you've got to figure out what your value system really is. Um, <laughs> when you figure out that conflict is part of every important relationship that you have, then you better figure out how to deal with conflict. And, and you, you also need to start figuring out what's really important to you. Uh, you can be right all day long. And by the way, Darren and I are both academics. Uh, we love researching stuff. I mean, when my wife came to me the other day, when she wanted one of those robot vacuum cleaners, I spent four weeks in bliss researching robot <laughs> vacuum cleaners. And I, I can I can tell you, by the way, which is absolutely the best one. Oh. My wife was like three weeks ago. She was like, "Do we have one yet?" Yeah, I mean, I actually I actually like people like you because I can get the answer from them. Which is the best robot vacuum cleaner? <laughs> it is. I'll go ahead and tell you. It's the Dbot Osmo A Z O Z M O T eight A I V I. A little bit okay. pricey. Little bit pricey, but the beauty of this one, and and this is completely free, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> the the beauty of this one is it has it has uh, cameras on the front of it that will recognize wires and dog poop and and socks, and it will go around those things. That's genius. Yeah. No, I, I know, Alexis. You see it. You see it, don't you? I. I Four or five years ago, but my my entire family takes advantage of the fact that I overanalyze things. And and four or five years ago, my, my uncle Dwight uh, up in Litchfield, Kentucky, said, "Hey, Kenny, what kind of what kind of robot do I need to get?" And and so I, I told him this one. And, and about four weeks later, he said, hey, "That's a good one, but I got dog crap all over my house now <laughs> because that one that one got got a piece of dog poop." So anyway, <laughs> okay. So I've got to switch gears. Uh, and okay. actually kind of stay on track with where we are. I, uh, I invited this, uh, this <laughs> so, you know, that's uh, egg on my face with effective communication, right? Sure. Okay. So I want you to talk about tips and tricks to convince an audience of whatever it is that you're trying to persuade them of. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the things that happens is Aristotle suggested that there were three major persuasive tools. Uh, they are ethos, pathos, and logos. You might have heard of these. Mm -hmm, sure. uh, ethos is, it's often called the ethical appeal, but but it's really more accurately uh, uh, speaker credibility. And when we look at speaker credibility, it does have an ethical part of it, which is, can I trust you to be telling me the truth? Sure. That's one part of it. And the other part of it is, and do you know what you're talking about? Do you have any expertise? Mm -hmm. and, and, and we will grant people that you're telling them the truth until they prove otherwise. Okay. We will not grant expertise. Right. We yeah, will, you we, have to prove that, right? Yeah. 
You have to prove your expertise. But ethos, I mean, pathos and logos, pathos is an emotional appeal. And it has been given a lot of press because we understand that emotional appeals can be very, very powerful. But then, uh, th then there's the logos, logos. And logos will appeal to some people uh, immediately, mm -hmm. but not everyone. And one of the things that I argue with my students is, and it, it's a little exercise that I run with my students every, every semester, and, and I, I give them what I call the phrase that pays, that emotions motivate, but logic justifies. And, and the yeah. exercise, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I said this yesterday, something very similar. Um, yeah. Dennis Peacock says, uh, the, heart the, the mind justifies what the heart has chosen. That's, I, I, he and I would be basically doing exactly the same. Yeah, exactly so your phrase was what now? Emotions motivate, logic justifies. Yeah, and that's something. The, the argument, that, and here's the little experiment, and run this experiment with, with a group of people yourself. I ask all of my students, what's your dream car? And, and the, the, you know, Tesla, the, um, BMWs, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and I say, okay, why is it your dream car? And, and when, you, when they start listing the reasons why, it's, it's cool, it looks good, it's fun, it's fast. And then, uh, and then, when, we, then I, when I ask them, okay, now, the job has changed. Now I need you to, to convince your parents to buy you that car. What do you tell your parents in order to get them to buy you that car? It's safe. It gets good gas mileage. <laughs> it will, it will, um, it, it will uh, keep its resale value. In other words, uh, in other words, uh, emotions motivated them to the decision of the car, and then logic. When when they, when they have to justify the car, they go to logic. But 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 hold on. Here's the most important point. I say, okay, just for sake of argument, let's say your car is fifty thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you $50,000. Are you going to buy your car? Not a single student says they're going to buy the car. I said, well, I'm giving you $50,000, and that's going to buy your car. Are you going to buy it? No. Why not? Well, there's insurance. and there's all In other words, in order to choose that car, you had to have the emotion. Yeah, and they didn't. Yeah. yeah and, and, then, and, then, and then you had to justify the car. But you couldn't justify the expense. Yeah. So you needed both emotions and logic to justify, to, 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 to make a decision. Yeah. If you leave one of those on the, if you lead with, if you lead with logic, you will never get anybody motivated for your decision. Yeah. You know, again, the parallels are just amazing yeah. here. Uh, I talk about this in, in class, the same yeah. thing. You have to speak to the, that, that person's heart. Don't yeah. tell them like, you know, uh, Martin Luther King didn't say, I have four really interesting intellectual, <laughs> right? I have a dream, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. To their heart. You have to you, you have, stop talking to this, talk yeah. to this because, you know, yeah. and I say it in class like this. If you, if you, if you show me that you have my, my back, you get my heart. Yeah. That's exactly right. right. So you, you demonstrate that you're there for me and you, you got my back. You get my heart. And that's the way it works. Not like, wow, he's really a very sharp, uh, um, you know, executive. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. He's also going to throw you under the bus as soon as it <laughs> works well for him. So we don't trust that. We, we trust somebody who cares about us. Right. That, that is exactly right. And, and the other thing that I would say, and, and, and this is not the same point, but it's very similar to what you just said, which, which is this. The only people who have the right to criticize you are the people who love you. The people wow. who. We, the people who do not have the right to criticize you, and think about this. Yeah. Who has the right to criticize you? Your mom, your parents, your children, maybe if if they know if they have anything knocking around in their head. Your your, your spouse. 
I mean, the people that you know have the ultimate best intention for you is the only people who can criticize you and have it stick. If, on the other hand, you hate where you work, you hate your boss, you hate your, it doesn't really make any difference what they say. Yeah. Again, I, cons- I consider communication primarily relational. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, when, when you get up there, if it's, it, say it's your, your mom and, you, and you're watching her give a speech and you recognize that she's used incorrect grammar, that some of the statistics were wrong, that she jumbled up the last part of her speech, are you going to attack her at the end of this? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> no. Everybody that loves her is going to say exactly the same thing. You know, she really tried hard. I'm really proud of her for trying. Mm-hmm. Versus this guy you cannot stand who put the comma in the wrong place. <laughs> and now that's all you're going to focus on. Yep. Or they mismatched the word. Look, they got 90, 90% of it wrong. And you're going to focus on the 1%. Why? You hate them. Versus your mom who got 95% of it wrong, but you love her. Yeah. And so is, her, that, yeah. is that a quote from somewhere when you just said? I don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't I mean, know. It's really profound. I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking like, I can say all day long, like going back to when I was a little kid, I hate my sister. I hate my sister. I hate my sister. But if you say you hate my sister. Oh boy. Yeah. Bring it. Because I'm coming for you, right? <laughs> That's Isn't exactly amazing? Right. Like, how did I just reverse from this to that in yeah. no time? It's because of who said it. That's exactly right. And, and you think about what the best communicators don't have to be very good at communication. The best communicators are, are the ones who figure out how to have good relationships. Wow. Because that's those are the ones that, again, I say communication is primarily relational. Mm-hmm. And that's why. Um, if you are interested in talking to a group of strangers, there are absolutely a, a bunch of tips I can give you for how to try and communicate to people that don't know you very well. Mm-hmm. But you're by far and away, the, the best communication people are the people who already have a reputation that precedes them. Um, th- there's an old, well, I mean, I, I could talk about a lot of these people. Um, so, I mean, my guess, my guess is, my guess is you probably have a couple more questions, Darren. So I do have a couple more questions. Okay. Okay. So I was talking more in the, some of my questions were things like, if you don't know these people, okay. So everything you said about relationship is gold. I mean, (laughs) I I believe that, I mean, this, that reframes, that changes our minds in the way that we pursue communication, like in an organizational context, let's use the context where we're not necessarily we don't know them very well how do you keep an audience's attention how do you um you know what what strategies are involved i mean it seems like in in a digital world where we look at our phone like every 10 minutes it people's attention span uh, it goes like that but when i'm looking at this crowd here as we're talking like nobody's been nodding off i mean everybody's engaged right yeah and by the go ahead go ahead there so yeah so how do you keep attention that's that's my question I'll go ahead and tell you my guess is, and and I don't want to be putting words in any of your all's mouths and I don't want to be reading your thoughts, but my guess is to a certain extent, you like me a little bit. And let me tell you why you saw, you heard the dog. You heard me talk about my wife. You heard me talk about my my, my, my relationship with my family. In other words, you know me more than just a talking head story and narrative is quite possibly the most important thing you've got going for you. And 
if you feel like you need to divorce yourself from the topic, then why the heck are you talking about it? Um, and why are you the one to be telling me this? Uh, the more you can personalize and experience, the more people are going to relate to you. And by the way, the more they relate to you, the more they'll relate to your topic. I am not naturally somebody interested in Star Trek, but I tell you what, I am so excited to be around people who are because they're excited about something. <laughs> they're thrilled about, about Star Trek. My boys love superheroes. I, I like them too. I mean, they got it for me. But let me tell you what lights them up is when we start talking about WandaVision or Mandalorian or one of those, we have a great time. Mm -hmm. Not like I needed any, any, any incentive to, to get them to pay attention to me. Get your audience excited about, figure out what, what excites your audience and then tell a couple stories about that. Did you know that the Mandalorian puts his dishes on the left-hand side of the dishwasher? <laughs> well, you see, my wife does not watch the Mandalorian, so he, she would tell him. She would I'm tell just, him. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying for your kids to, to understand that. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to work. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that brings me to another question, and that is about humor. Tell me about yes. using humor when you're dealing with your audience. I mean, uh, is it a good idea, bad idea? Does it get them to do stuff? Does it, you know, what, what does it do? Humor is dynamite, very literally. Um, humor, dynamite is extremely powerful, and it can be used very powerfully in a negative or positive direction. Are you trying to blow it up, or are you trying to, <laughs> are trying to keep something together? Because the, the, the point of humor is it's making fun of something. And if you're going to be making fun of something, um, one of the things you need to figure out is how important is this thing to your audience? Um, I, 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 I remember this one time I was, I was in church making announcements and, and I was, I was talking about, uh, I couldn't remember announcement that I had to make. And I said, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I'm having an Alzheimer's moment. Little did I know that there was somebody dying of Alzheimer's in, in, in the audience. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meant to be a point of levity right. was not. And you know, I heard the audience just go, oh. and I was like, okay, that didn't work. <laughs> um, so the, the beauty of that is I had enough emotional capital with them that they were willing to say, uh, can he just put his foot in his mouth? Okay. So how do you like your new church? <laughs> this has been several years ago that's true um, <laughs> i was living at louisville at the time and, and i now live right out of tampa um but but anyway i mean the thing about humor is when it hits good there's nothing better than it and especially if you can get people on board with you i one of the things that i that i tell my students all the time is be careful how much you make fun of yourself because that is the tendency of all of us. But, yeah, I thought self-deprecating humor was like better. It, 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 it's safer. I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, it's definitely safer. But one of the things that I would say is remember in, in your first interactions with an audience, you're trying to do uh, two conflicting things, get them to like you and then get them to respect you. Okay. And if you're trying to come across as the authority on whatever it is, if you start off by saying, boy, I'm an idiot. In, in so many words, right, right. you, you kind of have shot yourself in the foot because you have now given them permission to say, maybe, maybe Darren's judgment is not all that good. 
I think one of the things that, that you need to, especially with like, you know, marital spats or something like that, that are fairly common. Mm-hmm. Sure. Make fun of yourself all day long. But if you're going to be talking on the topic that you're talking about, bingo, right? In other words, I think that makes a lot of sense, but, but make sure that the humor, number one, does not offend your audience. And if it doesn't, I mean, if if it doesn't, by all means, go for it. If if you're, if you're at the democratic national convention, take as many shots as, as Trump as you want to. But if you're at the RNC, might be able to do that at the RNC too. (laughs) Maybe so. Depending on who the audience is, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so you you can't do that when it's something. It's like what you just talked about with like I hate my sister. I hate my sister. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and somebody said that the soapbox. Uh, you shouldn't get on your soapbox too often. It depends what kind of audience you're talking to and what kind of soapbox. Uh, again, I, I think one of the things that I, that I would say is with my podcast, I had no idea that anybody would be interested in parenting. Uh, honestly, my my I, my avatar for my podcast is my 17 year old son. And I was I was thinking that the guy who was going to be talking to me would be talking about it from a teenage perspective. Fits my avatar perfectly. Okay, so if you like that, go on to part three of this talk between Kenny Embry and myself, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode.